And I said, there's this female in the break room. I said, really distressed. Do you know why? And I said, Simon, we're, we're, we're so glad that you're here. I said, why? What, what's happening? I said, well, we terminated that employee this morning and she's refusing to leave. And I said, well, what do you mean she's refusing to leave? Ask her to leave. I said, we've asked her to leave, but she's not She's not leaving. Um, we're waiting for you. Can you help us? I was thinking, well, I can do, but is there no one else in here that can sort of de-escalate this situation? This is the Church Security Made Simple podcast, giving leaders practical solutions to help make your community safer. I'm your host, Simon Osmo, and I'm on a mission to keep his churches safe. Now, it's been over 10 years since the Lord called me into security ministry, and as a national church safety practitioner supporting churches across the country, I'll share my expertise to give you simple solutions to keep your church safe. So if you're ready to make your church security simple, come join me and let's dive into this week's episode as we learn how to plan, prepare and protect our ministries. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about conflict de-escalation. I'm going to pick out one strategy from my book, 10 Powerful Strategies for Conflict De-escalation. So if you haven't yet picked up a copy of my book, I highly recommend that you do so. There's 10 powerful strategies in there, which are really going to help you and your ministry teams. And I had a request then, Simon, can you talk a bit more about conflict de-escalation? So what I thought we'd talk about in today's episode is just one of my strategies. And it's the one which I like and favor the most. And it's one that I use with my two sons, nine and 12. So a lot of my book is written from personal experiences, from my time in British law enforcement, from my time work and organized crime at Mall of America uh, from my time helping houses of worship and nonprofits stay safe and secure. And the strategy that I'm going to talk about is around giving positive choices. I'm going to tell you a story as to why that can be so impactful in de-escalating a situation. Now, I talk about this within my book, but I used to be a director of risk and compliance for one of the largest finance institutions in the country and we had two buildings and one morning I was going to our second building for a meeting and and to get there I had to walk through the break room when I walked through the break room I was already running late and I could see this woman she had her hands uh, hands around her, her face and she had her head down in the in the sort of in her lap uh, sat at a table I've got to be very honest, even as a Christian here, I was looking at my watch finger, I'm, I'm late, I, I can't really engage or do I engage because I'm late for this important meeting. But it was clear that something wasn't well with this woman. I, you know, judge me for it, but I, I made the decision I've got to go to my meeting and then I'll come back if she's still here. Um, I'll help this woman. And I came back around two hours later and the woman was still sat there this time she didn't have her hands in her sort of head but she was still equally as distressed and I thought okay there's obviously a big issue here now she, this woman's been here for two hours now the human resources department was close to my office and I went over and spoke to the director of HR and I said there's this female in the break room I said really distressed do you know why and I said Simon we're, we're, we're so glad that you're here. I said, why? What, what's happening? I said, well, we terminated that employee this morning and she's refusing to leave. And I said, 
well, what do you mean she's refusing to leave? Ask her to leave. I said, we've asked her to leave, but she's not She's not leaving. Um, we're waiting for you. Can you help us? I was thinking, well, I can do, but is there no one else in here that can sort of de-escalate this situation? So I went over to the woman. I was sat in the break room. I identified myself. I said, my name is Simon Osimo. I'm Director of Risk and Compliance. I can see that you're distressed. I understand that you've been terminated here today and that you're refusing to leave. Can we go somewhere more private to have a conversation? Of which she agreed. Now, in today's world, being a man, I wasn't going to go into a room with a female on my own. So I did take a member of the HR team with me. You've always got to be thinking about how would a situation unfold. So we went into this side room. Um, she explained to me that she had been terminated for being late. She said no one had really told her what time she needed to be there. But she'd been terminated for her dress. She was wearing some sort of like pink tracksuit. Um, Human Resources said that wasn't professional and I tend to agree. And she listed all these things that had happened to her that she felt were unjust and why she had been victimized. Now I let her speak for 30-45 minutes. I didn't interrupt her. I gave her the occasional prompt mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just to show that i was listening i would nod my head and eventually one once she said everything that she needed to say everything that she needed to say i then spoke and i said to her i understand that you're unhappy that you've been terminated i understand that you feel that you've been terminated without just cause but here today that isn't something that i can help and resolve but there are options available to you if you feel that you've been terminated, you can talk to an attorney. Uh, you can talk to someone who works in employment. And you might have just cause against our organization, but you need to seek advice on that. But I said to her, what we need to resolve here today is the fact that you've been terminated and you can no longer stay within this building. So I listened. I demonstrated active listening. I gave some verbal prompts to show that I was engaged in the conversation. And then I went on to give her positive choices and one negative choice so i said to her i will pay for an uber to go wherever it is that you want to go to to remove you from here today and i was secretly thinking please don't say you're going to go to california or colorado or somewhere silly because looking back that might not have been the best way to say it but i, I said to her, you know i'll call an uber to go wherever you want to go that'll help us of the situation uh, she told me that she didn't drive i said well if you want to i will drive you to the bus stop and I will wait with you for the bus to arrive, and I'll even pay for your bus ticket. But I said the alternative to those two is that you cannot remain here because you've been terminated, and it means that I'll have to call law enforcement, they'll come, they'll trespass you, you'll be arrested, and that'll affect any future employment that you want to gain, and that'll also affect your record. And I said to her, which one of those options would you like to do? No, I didn't push her. I didn't pull her in a certain direction. I empowered her to make the decision. Two positive choices, an Uber, I'll take you to the bus stop, or I'm forced to call law enforcement. Now, I always ask my audience, which one do you think she took? And yes, you're right, she took the Uber. Within five minutes, I'd called an Uber, she'd left the building. Now, HR was saying, Simon, that was incredible. That was amazing. How did you do that? And I said, do what? What did I do? They said, well, how did you get it to leave? I said, well, I listened. I paraphrased back. I demonstrated active listening. I showed some behavioral cues to show that I was listening. 
when I gave her two positive choices and then one adverse choice, knowing that I was moving her brain from right side emotion to left brain logic. I made her see the logic of the situation. Here's some positive options. The adverse one is we're going to call the police. It's going to affect your future employment and no one really wants that. And I pushed her in a very sensitive way from removing the emotion, making her to see logic where she could take, make the decision. I didn't make the decision for her. She made the decision and then she left within a few moments. So again, if you don't yet have a copy of my book, 10 Powerful Strategies for Conflict De-Escalation, um, I'm blessed and honored from all those that have that have made this an Amazon bestseller. I'd love for you to pick up a copy and there's nine other strategies equally as powerful as what I just shared with you. So that is all I'm going to talk about today. I might come back and share some more wisdom from my book. As always, this question was led by you in the audience. Someone said, Simon, can you share some information about conflict de-escalation? So um, let me know in the comments, what do you feel about how I resolve that situation? Can you think of some different options I could have perhaps given that female to make her leave? And have you ever used those options in conflict de-escalation and how did they work for you? I'd love to get some feedback and comments from you. But for now, you have a blessed day. You um, stay safe and I shall see you in our next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Church Security Made Simple podcast. If you're looking for training on how to keep you and your church community safe, or if you're interested in working with me on my five-week group coaching program, please head over to worshipsecurity.org. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening. Now, I'll be back with you on the next episode, but until then, stay safe, have a blessed day, and remember, always plan, prepare, and protect your ministry.